Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Yeah, baby, what's cracking? Coming to you live from Radio Row in Los Angeles. Could not be more hyped to Thursday edition. What's going on? How's everybody living? We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios, but we moved them to the L.A. Convention Center. Remember, every single score changed during Super Bowl 56. Somebody's going to win 50 gur in the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square sweepstakes. See rules and enter for free at rocketmortgagesquares.com. Got an enormous program for you today. We are wall-to-wall. We are locked in with guests. Really quickly, here's how it's setting up. I've got Max Crosby coming up later on this hour. Then Troy A. Then C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Josh Allen, Micah Parsons, Aaron Jones, D.J. Moore. We are wall-to-wall. Most of them will be right here on the set, as I mentioned. And if you're watching on CBS Sports Network, there is Radio Row. That's how it looks, man. That is pristine. Everybody is socially distanced. Everybody's hyped early and often. Let's get right into it. This is how you want to start a show, man. This is the energy that I need to start the program. I'm coming right off, off the top, with a running back from the L.A. Chargers. He's coming off a year where he had a career high, 911 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, 70 receptions, 647 additional yards, eight more touchdowns, tied for first over on the NFL with 20 TDs, one of two players in Charger history with 20 touchdowns in a season, undrafted in 2017, and appearing courtesy of MetaQuest 2, the virtual reality headset, Austin Eckler joins man. me. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on? I want that guy on my fantasy team, I'll tell you that. Sheesh. Dude, <laughs> exactly right. How you feeling, man? How you living? Uh, living large, man. I appreciate you letting me uh, break the ice for you this morning. Hey, listen, I, I did this strategically. I'm not going to book somebody who's not going to bring me some juice yeah. and some energy off the top. In fact, you're into the offseason, so let me start right there. It normally, it might be a time of rest and recovery, but I've been checking you out on social media. You had a great Motivation Monday post about the grind. All right, it pumped me up. Let me start right there. What does the grind mean to you, and what do you love so much about the grind? Yeah, um, you know, I think the grind is, is unique to everyone, uh, but it's the same as far as the concept of it for everyone, right? And what I mean by that is we all have our own path, but the, the, the work and the time that you need to put into it is the same for everyone. Like, you're going to have to put in time. You're going to have to put in work. And the grind is different levels for people because some people are differently committed to it. Some people go all into it. Some people, you know, are settling and just, you know, allowing themselves to feel stuck in a hole. And that's why I always put out these motivations. Like, hey, time is short. Time is short. Let's get out there and grind. For me, I love to grind in various different ways, whether it's football, whether it's with my family, whether it's, you know, working out whether it's in my businesses, whether it's engaging. And so it's, it's great to find different avenues and just putting time into it. The grind is really progressing in that. It's into feeling a progression, right? It's not necessarily like you're seeing, you know, you know actual tangible things, but it's always, always a feeling of how you feel inside. Are you progressing or do you feel like you're in a phase and need to find a new path? So what we're talking about right here, this is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is a path. This is a journey. I I get exactly what you're saying. And what you're saying also, and what I love about this, this is not just a football thing or a high-level NFL athlete thing. This is applicable across every platform. This applies to every last one of us. Now, you mentioned also there's a lot more to it than just football. I mean, we're talking, look, you're committed to being the best player you can be. I understand that. But you're taking on a lot of other things. Like, what other kind of projects are getting your attention and your interest and your energy right now? Yeah, and even before we get specific with that, uh, I think it's just special for everyone to understand that. Like, 
we're all different, right? But we're all, you know, moving forward in a sense as far as time. And so if you feel like you're progressing but towards But, dude, we're not. That's the thing. This is really important what you're saying. I think that yeah. some people – I love this. Sorry to interrupt, but some people are stuck. Some people are in a rut. Some people do not understand. They don't know how to go about it or they don't right. have their passion. What do you tell those people? Yeah, and it comes back to what do you like? Like what, make, what makes you enjoy life? What makes you happy, right? That's where I say that start there. If you're like, man, I don't know what to do what, – what do you enjoy? You know, find that you got to have something that you enjoy. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's, you know, you know, walking. Maybe it's basketball. Like, find something and try to associate a little part of that in your life a little bit more. And just continue. Because then if you do that, you're going to start to meet people that also enjoy that. And then it's going to give you a, somewhere to start, you know, or at least a community of people that are still looking the for The law that. of attraction, right? You put that out there. You believe in exactly. that, right? Yeah, absolutely. The energy you put out is probably what you're going to receive most of the time. Energy is really important. I want to ask you about that. So, like, you've got big plans, and you take big swings, and you're addicted to the grind. But to do that, you have to have a certain energy. Where does the replenishment of the energy come from, or does the grind provide its own energy? Ooh, I would say it comes from my upbringing, uh, just the way I was raised. I was raised on a ranch. A lot, it was just a, a work mentality. You don't really complain, you just work. And so that's been ingrained into me. And so like when I've been progressing and getting older, all I've known is just work. Like we used to build miles of barbed wire fence. If you've ever done that, it's not very fun. And so it wasn't like I was, woo, like this is great. But it taught me that you just, you just work. You just grind. I took that same mindset when I was building barbed wire fence, and I was like, okay, let me try it. Let me try to do it with something else. And then it just became easy. And I get, like, people are complaining about getting up early. I'm like, what? Like, that's nothing. Like, you got to get up early. You got to go lift weights. You got to play sport. Like, this is amazing. Like, I love this. This is so easy. Um, and so then, you know, mastered that grind and put it to my education, into business, into engagement, into the foundation, and just started just snowballing into all these different pathways. And I built a team around it. Now we're all grinding together. And like you said, the energy you put out, right? Energy, you're gonna, it's, that's what's going to be around you. It's the thing is, I'm being real careful about this because I know you and I need to talk football at some point. Oh, yeah. I love this topic. <laughs> I love this topic. I could do this for hours. So, But here's the bad thing. We talk football. We talk about the way the season ended and not in the best way. I talked to Chris Harris Jr. last week, and he was talking about how he's still getting over that season-ending loss to the Raiders. What's that process been like for you? I can already see your body language changing. Man. What's it been like that for you? Have you moved past it, or are you still – are you still bothered by it? Uh, just this, in se- this season, man. I, I'm bothered by the entire season just because we have we had the pieces. We had they're all there. We have the talent. We have the pieces there, but we were too inconsistent. We were too inconsistent. We came out and we looked like we're the team to beat sometimes, and then we come out like versus the Ravens and we get destroyed seven to thirty, and everyone's like, "What the heck?" And we're sitting there like, "Well, how did that happen? You know, how does that happen?" Um, and then you look at us when our back's against the wall, and then we play like. That we have everything to lose, which we did, and then we made it work, right? And that's why Coach Day always went for on fourth down because he's like, no, y'all, y'all got the pieces, go do it. Um, and so if we can get that mindset, that's going to be my message going forward this year. I'm like, we got to get the mindset this is fourth down every single down. Like, we got to have it right now because when we're on the edge, that's when we play the best. And I don't know if it was, we were too relaxed or didn't have that edge, but we need to have that every single play. Austin Eckler is joining us right now. You know, you mentioned the fourth downs. He, my man, he goes for it. We're going. He, we're going for it. We're, we're going. going for it. And I would imagine it sends that message that, hey, I've got a, a great belief in you guys. We're aggressive. We're going for it. Is there such a thing as being overly aggressive, too aggressive? Is it always the right move to always go for it on fourth down? There's 100% a line between being you know, aggressive and over-aggressive. Um, the, you know, that's, there's definitely a line. Um, do I think that we cross it? I don't know. I don't know because – I see, like I said, I, I'm on my board with him. I get what he's saying. Like, we got the guys, we can get four yards. 
you know, we can get nine yards, right? We have plays that are designed to get this type of yardage. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I think it's just, you know, perspective where you think it's over aggressive or not, but from our perspective, we're like, we can get it. Right. Austin Eckler joining us. You know, I ran down your numbers. Huge, huge numbers at the very top. Like you said, I'd want that guy on my fantasy team. <laughs> Frankly, dude, I'd want that guy at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> and you were not at the Pro Bowl, and I went over those numbers. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that play into it. Would I love to be in the Pro Bowl? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's something I can look forward to next year. i got to get back to that mark, right, continue to, to, continue to grow. Um, that's something that I can't control. So I can't get too mad about it because I'm not voting for myself enough times or what. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's all about votes, right? So something I can't control. Talking to Austin Eckler, you know, when it, it seems kind of weird. Like we can keep going back to your journey and where you started or we can stop talking about that because of where you are right now. But is there any part of you like, again, undrafted, came up on the farm, barbed wire, nothing but grind and hard work and do these numbers, 1,500 yards plus, 20 touchdowns. When you see that and you think about where you started, what kind of thoughts do you have? Like you're like, yeah, I, I knew this would happen. I kind of saw it before it would happen. Or is there a sense of still like maybe some awe and that this is still kind of surreal, that this is really happening? I had no idea this was going to happen, right? All I did, all I knew was that I was applying 100% of Austin Eckler to it. I'm putting everything I am into this. And so that's why I've, I haven't stopped yet because when I first made the team, that was literally my mindset. I got asked after my fourth preseason game, my rookie year, like, how do you feel like you did? Do you think you made the team? I was like, I don't know if I made the team, but what I do know is that there's nothing else I could have done. That was everything. So if that was good enough, I'll make the team. If not, I'll go find something else to do. And it was good enough. And then I've applied that same thing to every other opportunity after that. And it's just been blossoming. You know, it's amazing to me. You figured out at an early age that you're never going to be a guy with regrets. You'll never look back and say, you know what? I could have done more. I should have done more. I had this opportunity. I could have crushed it. I didn't. Like, you figure that out at a pretty early age. Yeah, That's powerful. I feel like you're, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're living that way. Like, get out there and... and do what you want to do find a passion and put some effort into it right like go like what are you waiting for you know the clock spins fast man trust me so you and justin herbert seem to have this really special bond on the field you've said quote that guy makes me want to play forever around him because he's a guy that man you just believe what is it about this guy it's probably something intangible it's hard to describe but what makes it why do you feel that strongly about that guy yeah and it is it's the intangible right it's the things that people don't see uh or can't touch and, and they what they can't see is the Monday through Saturday and just seeing how this guy really loves this game. Man. Like he cares about this game more than anyone that I've been around. Um, and I wasn't around Phillips, uh, you know, career really early on. Um, he probably was you know, a similar, similar way, but this guy, like he's always the first one out of the practice field. Like he's out there going through the plays, you know, he knows, okay, like I got to get the whole playbook learned. So he's out there learning the plays, talking through the plays, learning from, you know, Chase uh, Daniels, the older quarterback in front of him. And, you know, like after the games, he's, he's always the last one to take his pads off. He, like, he just sits there. I mean, that's what you want. You want a guy who loves the game. But and, and I've never understood this, but it's true, right? There are guys that could actually get to the league that may not love the game per se, but love what the game can do for them. If you have a guy like that that you're counting on and maybe they're not as committed as you are as a leader, how do you approach that? It's different. It's different because, I mean, that might not, not, might not necessarily be a bad thing. Like for me, I didn't even watch the NFL growing up. I didn't even watch Incredible. the NFL growing up, right? right? I didn't watch till like my junior year of college. But what did I enjoy? Seriously? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I grew up in the ranch life. We're not watching the NFL out there. Right. Uh, we so the how, how did you ever so. get it in your head that you could be that guy if you didn't even see it really until 
college. I, yeah, my coach came to me one day. He's like, he coached Danny Woodhead um, at Shadron. And he's like, you know what? You remind me kind of him. You might have a chance. I'm like, well, let me check this out a little hey, bit. Did you, you know? ever thought about that before he came and put that in your head? Uh, I had in the back of my mind, like, hey, you know, that's another pathway to go. But I was all into my education. You know, I was in my business degree. Um, I was going into that. And football was like a, just a way to pay for it. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go to the NFL. Like, right. I, that wasn't a thing until actually scouts started showing up at practice. Like, oh, this is actually. Dude, what was that running. like? Insane. I did. They, I thought these were fake people. Like, I was like, that's an NFL <laughs> like, scout. Like, they're here there. to see me? Yeah. Like, well, like I've never, there was never a scout up there before Before then. You know, I don't even know if there's anyone that's made it from my school to the NFL. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was pretty surreal. And people were just like, whoa. You know, I was, I, I was like, kind of like shocked. Like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Austin Eckler joining us. That's amazing, right? So let me ask you really quickly. Staley has made the point that he's got a role in mind for you and not just as a player, but as a leader. Like he raves, and anybody watching this can feel this, he raves about the example that you set for everybody else on the team. It's a critical role, and in my mind, not everybody is built for that role. How do you approach that part of the gig? You know, I, I think I just kind of fell into it um, just because of my, my mind and how I came up through my opportunities and so especially the younger players they gravitate towards that because they're looking for an answer just like I was when I was young I was like how does this work what do I got to do to get on the team and I tell every single one the same thing I'm like you know like if you're going to go in like I did you put everything else in your life on hold told my family don't call me like let me just focus on this and you go all in you do nothing else besides study, talk to your coaches, and just watch film. Like, Dude, is just, that your life every single day, all day, like no days off? Do you not have bad habits? Do you not go down the rabbit hole of social media? Do you not eat crap? Do you? I mean, do you not have I mean, moments I've, or days like that? So I feel like I've just involved my life in so many different things that it's like I go from this to this to this. So it's very limited. Yes, I'm still human. Yes, bad habits, whatever, you know, sleeping in too much. I don't know. Right. Um, you know, but. You're not a robot, man. No, I'm not a robot. But I have, yeah, like COVID taught me about myself that when I'm in downtime, I need something to fill it. So that's why I've started, you know, I started apps, started my foundation, started real estate, like all these other ventures that it's I've got. It's bandwidth, into. dude. It's bandwidth. Like you are yeah. fully committed. I'm in. You don't have time these... for the other stuff. Exactly. All right. You so know? you're here on behalf of MetaQuest 2, the virtual reality headset. Ooh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I watched the video of you doing it recently. It's great. How did you get into it? What's the whole experience like? Yeah, see, I mean, that's another avenue that's, you know, part of my life. I just talked about those, but uh, gaming has been a part of my life too. And now, you know, with the with the uh, virtual reality wave. Wait, coming. were you allowed to game? You weren't allowed to watch the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> Not a game yeah. on the farm? Back there on the on the GameCube, you know, before, you know, we had dial-up internet back there, you know. So, you know, you know back in those days, a little different. Um, but, yeah, so gaming has been evolving as well. And, uh, you know, with, with the virtual reality, I've been using the MetaQuest uh, and the Quest 2 headset. And, I mean, talk about just you know coming away from a reality and going into a different world um have you ever tried it before i have not man tell me about that world yeah it's it's I know incredible of it, but the, not the technology in. is incredible yeah so i have a room basically dedicated in in my house right now it's just empty because i just don't have anything to put in there um and so that's like been my streaming room now or my uh my uh, uh virtual reality room because you need a little bit of space right and so basically i've been playing a few different games but anywhere from from poker from a shooter from this uh game called uh beat saber which is probably the video that you saw me I saw that yeah flailing my arms around that was cool. yeah i was getting into it so you, when, when you're in you know the actual virtual reality when you're in using the quest like you just you're in a different place, right? So from the outside, it kind of looks funny. But for me, I'm just like in this extremely, you know, just interactive world. Um, and it's really interesting because like the handles, they like vibrate if you touch things. So it gives you some type of feeling of like you're here. Um, and so there's tons of different games and different interactables for whatever you want to play um, based off of like 
chats based on, like I said, poker. Like if you like playing shooting games, if you like more like dancing, if you like more hanging out, you can have your virtual desktop in there and literally work from your desktop in the metaverse. Um, and so it's all bringing all of these just different interactions and putting it into one place. And so it's been an incredible experience. I'm gonna say where I come out on you. This is what I respect and admire most about you. I think that not only are you maximizing your opportunities, not everybody does. I mean, it, very clearly you're getting as much out of you as you possibly can, but will create opportunities for others as well. That's important, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely, it. it's contagious. My man, it is, and this is why. It's infectious, it's contagious, and like I said, it was not a mistake that I put you first up on a Thursday. I needed somebody to <laughs> set the tone. Let's I mean, go. I mean, I, it's my gig, but I needed somebody to help me set the tone. Awesome, <laughs> really appreciate you. Great to see you. Thanks for making time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Always good to have appreciate you. Appreciate you. Eckler, appreciate you very much. Absolutely. One of the all-time great journeys, and he has earned literally everything everything and just grinding and still pushing and I love that message all right so we are off and running that's the guy that I need to set the tone appreciate you man so much home team visiting team your fantasy team no matter who you root for we are all on the same team when it comes to COVID-19 BioNTech and Pfizer remind you to please consider getting vaccinated Troy Aikman is my guest Troy you look like a million. It's great to have you here, man. It is so good to see you. Yeah, Hello, great. Uh, awesome. Every, everything is good. Yeah, life is uh, the best it's ever been. Uh, Why? Oh, dude, I love been. that. Let me just jump right in. Why? Why uh, is the you best know, it's ever been? I, you know, I primarily, I've always taken good care of myself, I feel like, but in the last three years, it happened probably right before the pandemic. I just kind of did a deeper dive and... You know, I've uh, I've always been a meditator. I say always for the last eight to ten years, but I finally unlocked why I was doing it, and I'm getting the benefits of that. Uh, my kids are doing great. I'm I'm an empty nester, and uh, I feel amazing. Um, I'm getting my sleep. I'm getting my water intake. Everything. I mean, all the whole health and wellness space has uh, has made a huge impact on on my life, and I've never felt better. I'm shaking my head because I'm so into this, and I would imagine at this point my listeners are getting tired of hearing this, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is yeah. we, you start to think about these things as you get older and you don't take things for granted, and I'm trying to think, like, is it possible for guys like you and I to have our very best life ahead of us and not behind us? And I say that to somebody who's in the Hall of Fame who had a great career. Do you feel like your best years are actually in front of you? I do. I act. I absolutely do. My 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 best physical years are probably behind me, of course. But as far as the space that I'm in, uh, my enjoyment of life, how I attack each and every day, uh, I I feel incredible. I I wish I had discovered this 20 years ago, but I'm thankful I discovered it now. And so I feel like whatever years I have left are going to be amazing. I wake up every day with a purpose and a passion. And, and really, it's a, you mentioned the beer that I, that I came out with. It, it kind of complements that, that I wanted to make a beer that didn't compromise all the hard work and the effort that you put in during the week. And so I did this low-calorie, low-carb beer. It's 100% organic grains, uh, no adjuncts, no fillers, so it doesn't have any corn syrup, added sugars, and uh, it's a perfect complement to where I'm at because if I'm, if I'm going to do anything right now, I want to do something that is consistent with who and what I am, especially with what I just said over the last three years and how much health and wellness is important to me. Troy Aikman is joining us. In other words, if you're like me, what you don't want to do is grind all week long to get to the weekend and then undo all the good work you 100%. did and then give it all back, right? 100%. And, uh, and I'm not a big drinker anyway, but but when I do want to celebrate life's moments, I do think it's about balance. I think you have to be able to, I mean, you work hard, of course, and there's times when you do want to be able to celebrate certain things or just time with people that matter to you. And to be able to have a beer that you, that is, it's, it's quite honestly, it's the, it's the, 
I say it's the better for you beer. Uh-huh. You know, not to imply that beer is healthy or anything like that, but if you're going to have a beer, why not have the best one you can have without all, without all the added junk? I, I want to say, and I'm going to say this very respectfully, normally when something is good for you, Troy, it tastes like ass. Yeah. <laughs> I would never suggest that your beer tastes like ass. However, have you walked that fine line? Have you figured that out? Figured it out. Okay. Figured it out. We partnered with Oregon State University Food and Science Department. They've got a great beer program. And so most – there's no other widely available light beer that I'm aware of that doesn't have adjuncts, uh-huh. that doesn't add things to it. Uh, we were able to create eight without doing that and yet not sacrifice the taste. So uh, it, 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 in my opinion, is a full-bodied taste. Uh, with 90 calories and 2.6 carbs. I like so that. pretty amazing. I like that a lot. Troy Aikman joining us. Now, when you say you're not about beer generally, yet not generally, only when Jimmy Johnson was around and he got <laughs> you in the fish tanks. Can you tell yeah. that story? How many Heinekens did you kill while he built a fish uh, tank? And he did build you a fish tank, right? He did. He did. It was kind of the start of – we went through a period, as you know, that, that things were tough. You know, we started out our career. We weren't winning games. We came in together in Dallas, and then – uh, we got to talking. We were trying to repair our relationship. I think he was trying to put forth some effort. And and we'd had a conversation about how I had always one day wanted to have an aquarium. And he, he was uh, the master of aquariums. He said one day at practice, hey, when we get done at practice, let's go down to the fish store. We'll get you an aquarium. We'll, we'll set it up. And he set up my aquarium. And then the last year he was in Dallas in 93, uh, I'd get a call, and he'd say, hey, are you around? I'd say, yeah, it was my off day. And he says, I'm going to come by the house, and I just want to check on your aquarium. I said, great. <laughs> he'd walk in, and he'd have a six-pack of Heinekens. Right. And uh, he'd sit down, and we o- would just – On ice or not on ice? On ice. O- always on ice. Well, where do you come out on that? Uh, I like it on ice. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I, the reason I know is because I was in Hawaii years ago, and they brought beer to the room, and it, and it wasn't cold enough. And I remembered, you know, Jimmy uses his on ice, pours his on ice. So I ordered up some ice and put mine on ice. Hey, Troy, you know, they fantastic. do have buckets. They have buckets in those hotel rooms, and you can they walk down the hall and get some ice. You know that, right? <laughs> you can actually put it in the beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can do, that. do that, but it's a little faster when you pour it on ice. Troy Aikman joining us. You know, I got to tell you, I, I ran to another one of your guys, Michael Irvin, on Monday for my podcast. You guys have a unique bond, obviously, yeah. but I've known Mike nearly 30 years, and I said that I will never, ever forget the time that I met Michael Irvin. I had never seen a dude walk into a room and own the room yeah. the way this guy did, with the juice, with the energy. What was he like as a teammate and a he, leader, especially, I'm sorry, Troy, from the wide receiver position? Yeah. He was all that. He he was. I think that we all we all had. I, I don't want to say role, but we all brought something to the party. And for Michael, he was the emotional lightning rod for our team. He was a great motivator. He was the guy. Not only when you talk about get up and give a speech, and you know how far does that take you? Well, it takes you a little bit, you know, to get the attention of the room, like what you just said. And he was able to do it because of his charisma and and the player that he was. But where Michael's greatness really came into play was during the week at practice that he just refused for us not to have competitive practices to where when he lined up, he'd go up against the best DB. When we had Dion, he'd go up against Dion. We practiced at a level that teams just – they don't practice at these days. They're just not capable of doing it. 
But Michael just refused for us to have a bad day, and I think ultimately it's why we were as effective and as good on game day. Troy Aikman is joining us. He actually told me just that. He told a story that he was not right one week. He was hurt, and he said that you went to him and said, hey, man, I just need you at practice. Yeah. I need you at practice to set that tone and make sure that everybody's straight. Hey, Troy, when you – I, you and I are similar in age. I, I remember this all very clearly. It's kind of weird to me that people just don't know. They don't know that dynasty necessarily. They don't know what the triplets were like. They don't know what an amazing coach Jimmy Johnson was. When you were running off those Super Bowls the way you were, if I told you back then the Cowboys would not win another Super Bowl for a quarter century and only four playoff games since that last Super Bowl, what would you have said? Well, pretty shocking. I mean, I, I don't know if it's if it's the curse of Jimmy Johnson or not, but it's pretty remarkable for a Did franchise. Do you believe in curses? Well, I, I mean, something's... Or karma? Something's awry because when you look at the Cowboys over a long period of time, the last 10, 15 years, maybe 20 years, I don't know, but if you look at it in the regular season, their winning percentage in the regular season... They're one of the top teams, and yet it hasn't translated to postseason success. And and why that is exactly, I'm not real sure. This year was the most baffling, even though when they went in to play San Francisco, I, I knew that that was going to be a tough game just the way San Francisco's built. But it's a long offseason. It's another long season next year to get back. But this team, they're really talented. I think there have been years, as you know, when Jerry at his core is a salesman, and he'll talk about the Super Bowl, and it's a team that's really not talented enough to compete at that level. This was not one of those years. This was a really talented This was roster. the year, right? The year. And, and I know Jerry's heartbroken. I know Dak is. I know Mike McCarthy. I know everybody is because there was a feeling, and you get it, and we had it when we won the way we were able to win that permeates through the locker room and you know you have something special. And this team really believed they had something special. And so they were as shocked as anybody that that they weren't able to even get out of the first round. I mean, Troy, taking nothing away from the 49ers, in fact, nothing but respect. And you knew that was a tough matchup. We all did. Yeah. But when you look at the game plan that Dallas had, do you think that maybe sometimes coaches get too caught up in scheme and not looking at the matchup? Because after all, no matter what, it's a game of matchups, right? Yeah, it is a game of matchups, and I do think that that more and more teams, when I look around the league, it, it has become more about scheme. And and I commented on it after our game or after that game, that with Michael and everybody knew it, everyone in the stands knew it, the defenses knew it, that if Michael was one on one, and we were throwing the ball, he was going to get the ball. I mean, it was that simple. And that that guy who was covering him had to be able to cover him. And you don't see that. It's not just it, it's not just Dallas in that game. Uh, it's it's a lot of teams around the league, but that's why what the Rams have done is pretty amazing, man. When you consider they lost Robert Woods, Odell Beckham is still kind of finding his way when he first came to the team, and yet Cooper Cup is catching 12 balls a game. I mean, you can find ways to get the ball. So when CeeDee Lamb comes out of a game and only has one reception, he was targeted five times. There, there's something that just doesn't quite settle with that and I think that that's probably an area that they'll take a hard look at so what about Sunday are we going to get that matchup that we want of Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey and if so if they're matched up singular 
as a single matchup, do you just get the ball to this guy no matter what, or does Ramsey change that dynamic? Well, I think Ramsey moves around enough that, that Jamar is going to have his opportunities because they do like about 50% of the time, they, they've got Jalen Ramsey down inside uh, and not playing outside corner. So you can do some things with Jamar to where he's not always on Jalen. I, I know Jamar looks forward to that challenge as a competitor, and I know that, that Jalen does as well. I think it's a lot like when Deion Sanders was with the Falcons and then with the 49ers. When he was covering Michael, we were going to throw the Michael. We were not going to let Deion dictate that we weren't going to get our best wide receiver the ball. But you go in knowing that Michael's going to make some plays, Deion's going to make some plays, and I think that that's the way that Joe Burrow will look at it, that, yeah, we'll, we'll throw the ball to Jamar when he is covered by Jalen, and you just got to be smart with ball location. I like that take. You dictate to them. You impose your will on them. You don't let them decide. Troy, really quickly, you've said that there are conversations taking place that are going to impact whether or not you're with Fox or Amazon or Fox and Amazon. Like, what are the motivating factors for you in that decision-making process and where you are in your life right now in career? No, it's a good uh, – it's a really good question. Uh, I've really enjoyed my time with Fox, and and I'm hopeful that that continues. I've loved working with Joe. I, I like the people I work with, and I like the people I work for, and, I, and I've really enjoyed it. We're, we're at a bit of an impasse, and how that shakes out, I, I just – I honestly don't know, Jim. I've been asked a lot. And I, and I really don't know. I, I think it's going to come to a resolution here within the next week or two. And I'm looking forward to see exactly what that looks like. But in no way am I a disgruntled employee with Fox. I've enjoyed my time. Uh, it's just uh, uh, it's, it's business right now. And that, that's what comes into play oftentimes. Business is business. It is business to them, but it's business to you. And we understand how business works, right? Sometimes you have a hammer and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have leverage and sometimes you don't. Troy, what I did not know, and I want to say this on the way out, and so good to see you. Thanks so much yeah. for doing this. I love, and I don't want to be personal, but you're in the 805. You spend some time in my old yeah. stomping grounds. Not that Montecito was my stomping grounds, but how do you like it up there, man? It's I love county. it. I love it. You know, I'm originally from Orange County, grew up in Cerritos. My family moved to Oklahoma when I was 12. When I went to Dallas, I always knew I would eventually get a place back in California, but I thought I would be down in Orange County, down in Newport Beach, because that was where I was most familiar with, right? right? And I was still playing in 1996, and I went out to California to do a commercial shoot, and they, they put me up at the Four Seasons in Montecito. The Biltmore. The Biltmore, and I got out of Best the car. ever, by the way. Dude. The sun was setting. Yes. I'd never been to Santa Barbara, and I said, this is Santa Barbara, and I've been hooked ever since. My man, nailed it, and got out right on the mark. Troy, really good to see you. Appreciate the conversation so much. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thank you. What a great job. Troy Aikman. Clones, the big game is coming up, and Omaha Steaks has the perfect package to save you over 50%. Now, I've been an enormous fan for years. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to enjoy an unforgettable game day meal to be loved and shared by all. And for a limited time, Omaha Steaks is offering a special touchdown game day package. Visit omahasteaks.com, type in the keyword gym in the search bar, and take advantage of this exclusive offer. Are you looking for more? Omaha Steaks makes it easy to warm up your winter with 50% off lean, tender steaks, and hearty home-cooked favorites. Visit omahasteaks.com, enter Jim in the search bar, and order the Omaha Sampler Package. You'll save over 50%, plus you'll get 12 Omaha Steak Burgers free. Every order is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee and delivered safely to your doorstep. 
Omaha Steaks, the leader of gourmet steaks and food since 1917. No one comes close to matching their flavor, tenderness, and value. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword Jim. C.D. Lamb is my guest. C.D., what's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? Good, dude. Good to visit with you. Listen, you were in Vegas for your first Pro Bowl. Got to start right there. What was that experience like for you? Oh, man, it was unbelievable. Uh, Everything that I've dreamed of. You know, uh, as a kid, you always wanted to reach those, you know, achievements. And uh, for me to actually live that out, uh, it was huge. All right, so I'm curious. When you get there, who were some of the guys that you kind of spent the most time with? Really, Debo. It was me and Debo. uh, Justin Jefferson. You know, all the receivers, we kind of came together. You know how that is. Once the receivers get together, it's a you know, a great time always. But uh, you know, just linking up with all those guys that's you know top of their position in um in the NFL right now, it's been huge. Yeah, listen, I would ask them the same thing. I'm going to ask you about your game. Debo was here yesterday, dude. You just know, man. Like guys, like you, him, Justin Jefferson's going to come on later on. But there's just something, man. Debo, Debo, there. What's not to love about this guy's physicality? And then when he sits at this desk, I'm like, dude, he's even bigger than you think that yeah, he is. He's huge. When you, he's huge, dude. So when you watch him run his routes, when you watch him impose his physicality, what kind of thoughts do you have? Uh, man, he's strong. First <laughs> and foremost, he's strong. Uh, strong just about the way he plays. And uh, you can see it, you know, the aggressiveness, the things he's done after the catch, broken tackles, and, you know, just his ability to find the end zone. And uh, you look at it, you look at his numbers, they're crazy right now. He's had about 2,000 yards total. So I told him I'm proud of him for this season and actually coming off of being hurt last year and then having a season, you know, this year is it makes it more enjoyable, you know. Now, I appreciate your thoughts on that. And just know I would ask him the same question about you. Mm-hmm. So know that. And you're right. You're going to have a different perspective. Like, you know, you're going to get hurt. It's just part of the business. man. Right. But but a lot of guys have never really suffered serious injuries. And then it happens. And then you like you probably take a moment where you feel sorry for yourself. And you're like, all right, it's go time. Exactly. It's time to go to work. Right. Right. But you come back with a different perspective. Right. Yes. Yes, indeed. I agree. Uh, just kind of having a chip on your shoulder. And I feel like. This is basically, you know, this season in the NFL is all about confidence. The most confidence you have in yourself and your ability to, you know, make a play, then that's successful that, that you're going to be. And Debo, he came in with a chip on his shoulder this year, and you can look at it from, you know, game one to the last game he's played. And uh, it's been huge. He's been huge for his team, and uh, I'm excited to see him in the future. I think what you just said about confidence is really interesting, man. It's everything. It's right. everything. Have you, like at any point, did you ever lose confidence? Uh, no, not really. Just because I told, I, I made it, I made it, you know, personal to myself that all I need is confidence uh, to be successful in this league. And that no matter when my confidence level go down, I understand that confidence is literally the only thing that I have in this, in, in, in this game. That's very like, you know, meaning for me and that's going to keep me going, you know, and for me, I feel like confidence is probably the biggest, the biggest factor. Honestly, I tell myself just about every day, all you need is confidence. C.D. Lamb, I guess, it feels like to me you figured out, like, if you've got a million muscles and you're a pro athlete and you got to take care of your body and you got to take care of every muscle, you figured out the most important muscle is the brain, right? Right, That's right. the one you got to work. Man, day in and day out, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking so much throughout the day. Um, you, you, can, you, can ca- you can find yourself getting caught up with just a lot of different things. You can get distracted with a lot of things. You the can wrong just, bleep, yes, right? You can, you can stress yourself out. Or you could just have the best day of your life. You never know. Uh, so it's just just me being young and able to experience all those types of, you know, energy, the vibes, and just trying to be successful, a young kid in this world. And I mean, in the NFL, honestly, just 
I understand that it's a lot at stake, but we got to keep it going. Said, dude, you're really good like that. Like, it could be really overwhelming. And by the way, to do it where you do it, there's a whole different pressure that comes along with having a star on the side of your helmet. Mm -hmm. What is that like? That's a different deal. I'm not going to lie. It's very tough. It's very tough. So? I've never seen. So? So, I've never seen so many people excited to see us lose. It's crazy. Like it's so crazy. But I mean, that makes winning so much sweeter. So you know, um, just being a part of this organization is is probably the best thing for me. Just understanding, holding myself to a higher standard, and um, you know, just making myself just push myself to the next level. And day in and day out, I think about it. It's just like I understand where I'm at, the jersey number I have, the the sim the the team I'm I'm with. It's, it's, it's a lot with it, bro. It's a lot with it. <laughs> There's a lot that comes with that. That's what I'm saying when I say, what's it like to play with a star on the side of your helmet? CD, what you just said is really interesting. Like, man, there are a lot of people that want us to lose. Yes. What do you think of that? What's that feel uh, like to I you? Mean, what do you make of that? I can't, I can't really judge those guys off of it or judge the people. You know, um, they're fans of others. You know, and I mean, what, who am I to tell you who to be a fan of? You know, and uh, – some yeah, but, dude, it's one thing to want your team to win. It's right. another team to want those guys to lose. Yes. And that they enjoy it almost as much when their team wins when you lose, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. But, like I said, as ever since I put that star on the side of my helmet, I've seen a lot of things, and it was crazy. Just understanding that when we win, a lot of people are quiet. I mean, you have a lot of fans, you know, of our fans. We have a lot of you fans. You guys travel well. There, there are travel Cowboy well. fans. There is that so, flip side. There is that. We've had a lot of away games, and I've seen Cowboy Nation yeah. take over. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So, like I said, I, I can see why they're very excited for us to lose because, you know, we have fans everywhere, and they're gonna, they're gonna, you're going to hear them when we win. So. Dude, you, you've got a thing. Like, Michael Irvin, I, I had him on my podcast. I've known Mike 30 years. you got kind of that thing that he has that, like, you're not bitter about it. It is not what it is. And, by the way, maybe we use it. Maybe right. we convert that to fuel. What about Mike? Like, he – this is not an easy guy to follow in his footsteps, and especially if you want that same number. Man. What was it like when you first met him? What kind of conversations did you guys have? Man, just first and foremost, I wanted to pick his brain on how to be successful and, like, what was he going through when he was around my age. You know, I understand, like, he had the same amount of pressure, you know, um, just being on the same team and just him wanting the same aspects. You know, he won a couple Super Bowls. I think he won three. Yeah, he did. Oh, uh, man. In four years. It's just, that's tough. It's hard to do. Right. <laughs> Especially to be consistent at, at, at this position. And, um, you know, it's for him to do what he did in the jersey number that he did, it, it made him a legend for a reason. And, I, and I'm literally trying to follow those same footsteps. And at the end of the day, I want to be labeled a legend. C.D. Lamb joining us. You know, you had one of my favorite moments of the year when you caught that game-winning TD against the Patriots and you waved goodbye to the DB, Jalen Mills, after you went into the end zone. Thought it was awesome, man. I loved it. I loved it. I still love it. Reportedly, though, you got fined for that. Man. Did you? And if so, did that bother you? Because I don't know if it bothers you. It bothers me, and it's not even my money. I did. I, I was bothered a lot just, you Good, know, seeing, I am. seeing that understanding that it was after the game you know uh i was very aware of what i was doing but the game was over i wasn't expecting a fine but you know what you live and you learn and but it was kind of weird that uh the, the week after a couple weeks after i've seen a couple guys you know wave at a you know i'm not gonna say any names but i've seen a i've seen a lot of couple people you know wave with no with no problem like right. they, they didn't right. get no consequence so why are they singling you out i don't know i think i don't know i don't know you, really you know, you just don't really want to tell me. I don't want to say which it. Which I respect. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, like, what do you make of the taunting rule? Does it make any sense to you at all? It doesn't. Honestly, it doesn't. It, I feel like it takes the fun away from the game. You know, everybody's very excited. Taunting comes with excitement. Like, you're 
you're you're you're happy to make a play. Like I feel like that's what it's it is. It's hard to make a play. Exactly. And you're happy when it does. You know, so I feel like it's I feel like the refs get it kinda, you know, confused with excitement. So you kind of got to level it out. I, I don't get. I don't get it personally. I don't I mean, who, who the hell am I to say? Because I'm sitting here with a headset on. But why do you want to legislate the emotion out of a really emotional Man, game? Very and then, emotional. And you're not showing anybody up. Exactly. It's just. It's. It's the game, man. We don't. We don't want you to be robots. We don't want right. you to look and act the same, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, you. Every game, every play is literally off expression. Um, reaction, you don't know what you're going to get at the end of the play. So, like, everything that you do, it's you're real. proud of your work. Yeah. You're proud of your work. So, whatever happens, it literally happens for the spur of the moment. And that's what I strongly believe, um, especially just being in the, in the season for in the NFL for about two years now. So, just seeing different things and having a roller coaster of emotions, it, taunting is going to come with it. You right. know, and that's just part of it. It's nothing disrespectful. It's nothing to take off the field. It's just literally the spur of the moment that's your celebration it's amazing and it it is that and by the way it's part of the game if you can get under the opposition's skin or get in their head and get right. any edge you can exactly that's part of it too let me ask you something like troy aikman was here right before you were and he was kind of critical of the offensive scheme in the loss that you guys had in the postseason he said quote michael irvin you've probably heard this michael irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if they played us the way they played cd lamb in that game the game is not that difficult i've got a great player at wide receiver and a corner is playing him in single coverage throw him the ball he's going to win most of the time were you surprised that you didn't get more targets when you were covered by one guy uh slightly slightly for sure um just understanding you know I feel like that I can win one-on-one -on -one just about, you know, anyone. Uh, and that's, the, like I said, that goes back to the word confidence that I have. I have that in myself, and I strongly believe that I'll win, you know, just about against anyone in one-on-one. -on -one. And that's just personally how I feel. So just going out there with that type of attitude, I feel like any opportunity is my opportunity. Listen, I, first of all, you got to feel that way. Right. And I know you feel that way and you believe it. Talking to you right now, you don't seem like you're a guy who's going to, you know, that whole rap about wide receivers can be divas, but you want to win. And I, you know you can I make a difference, winning. right? So how do you handle that? Do you go to Dak or do you go to the coach and say, look, man, get me the ball. Let me help you. It's kind of like both. You want to go talk to both of them. You want to see what Dak sees or your quarterback, and you want to see what the OC sees or your head coach. Because, you know, you got different points of views. You got you got you got the guys in the skybox, and then you have the guys on the field, and then there's you. So like you see differently than the guys on the skybox because they see different coverages, rolling coverages, but just understanding where your matchups are, you're gonna win a lot of games. That's it. Let me ask you really quickly before I ask you about what you're here for. I had Lincoln Riley on. Man, Oklahoma fans are pissed, dude. They are really, <laughs> yes. really pissed. In yes. your opinion, and you know because you were there, do they have a right to be that angry, or is this business, and do they just have to turn the page and move on? Honestly, it's a mixture of both. It's business, and I can see why they're mad just because it was the season didn't end, and my man, Coach Riley, he left. He he did what was best for him, I feel like, and – um. Man, that's tough. Honestly, it was tough because I was actually leaving practice, I want to say. And boom. It was just like, did you see what happened? I was like, no, I didn't. That came out of nowhere, Man, didn't it? Man. Like, I don't think anybody saw that coming. It caught me by surprise. It right. caught me by surprise. All right, so you're working with Old Spice and their Gentleman's Blend deodorants and body washes. How much do you like this line of product, and what are you doing with these folks? I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, honestly, just, you know, I'm big on smell. Uh, I love candles, and I love smelling good. So uh, just waking up every day, just... 
you know, being with, with Old Spice, they kind of made it barely easy. And as you said, they just came up with this new gentleman's blend, uh, both body wash and um, deodorant. And uh, it's built to make your, you know, your skin soft and make you smell good for longer lasting time. So you should grab you some. You should grab you some for sure. Dude, I should grab me some, and I think I will. Candles, dude. What are the candles all about? Man, I'm just big what on do, smell what's that always. Do for you? Okay. My, mom, my mom was the one. She, she kind of engraved that in me. Uh, she had candles all around the house, and I was like, man, those smell. Like, when I was younger, you know, you'll walk around, and you're like, wow. You know what I'm saying? So my mom, you could thank her for the candles and literally my obsession of them. All right, so aside from that last thought, what about moms? Like, what kind of sacrifices did she make, and then what's it like to give back to your mom? Man, it's huge. Uh, she made, she sacrificed a lot of time, I would say 45 minutes after work, working the 95s, and then me having to go, you know, to Little League practice that's 45 minutes away from where we live. See? Day in and day out. So that's that's huge. And uh, for me to actually give her, give back and give her just about whatever she wants as of right now, and it's, it's, it's huge, man. Um, it's a it's a blessing in disguise, and I'm grateful for this op. Oh, dude, I bet that's the best thing in your life, right? You yes. You to give back to moms. Yes. Because, I mean, you know she was tired before man, she had to haul I, you 45 minutes. I know minutes. for a fact she was tired. I know for a fact. And then dealing with five boys total. Dude. By yourself, that's tough. Let's take a moment and talk about WinBet, the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. So whether you're betting on the NFL postseason, college hoops, or both, because why not? WinBet has you covered. Are you looking for other sports? WinBet has that too. It's all right there for your WinBet app. And WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at Win Resorts, discounted hotel stays, priority dining and entertainment, free merch. It really is the best loyalty program in the industry. Call it a win win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for WinBet. ASAP. Bet with the best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Justin Jefferson is my guest. Dude, I'm worn out. Even that was being a the great intro introduction. Man. I love the I love it. Dude, you're having a great career it. so far. Thank Listen, you. you had one of the best rookie seasons of all time, and then you ran that back and you chased it with an even bigger second yeah. season. Yeah. If there were people who said last year was a fluke, if in fact somebody thought that, did it feel better or what did it feel like to come back and then jam that right down their throat and come back even better the next year? It felt so good, honestly. Um, I mean, a lot of people, just like you said, were saying, oh, yeah, that's a fluke. You know, that's a one-time thing. Uh, He won't be able to do it again. So doubling back and getting uh, 1,600 yards, uh, 200 more yards than what I had last year, uh, it was it was definitely, you know, uh, a relief. And uh, just showing people that, you know, I'm just not a, a one-year player. You know, I'm, I'm here to be consistent and, and stay here for a while. Justin Jefferson, my guest, that was no one-off. Listen, I know, I know talking to athletes that you're going to be where your feet are, you're going to be present, I understand the whole thing. But these numbers, man, like you don't want to get ahead of yourself. But when we're talking about the only guy with 3,000 receiving yards in your first two years, your jersey and shoes are already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Does it feel like we might be talking about a career that ends up with you getting a bust and a full <laughs> jacket? 
I, I definitely, I definitely hope I'm getting that gold jacket. That's something that I'm uh, definitely chasing. Um, I mean, I have a lot of guys that I looked up to and admired. So uh, definitely reaching that level, and uh, I gotta have these these years, you know. So who are some of those dudes that you looked up to and admired? And emulated? Randy Moss, the, the number one. You know, uh, why not follow behind him? You know, he's pretty much one of the best players ever to play uh, this position. So. Uh, to follow behind him, uh, to be in Minnesota, uh, f uh, you know, carrying on his legacy, uh, then, you know, I'm chasing that gold jacket just like he got. Yeah, listen, we all know about Randy Moss. I mean, when you look at his size and his speed and his crazy. ability to make plays, it's crazy, right? But but it's one great receiver looking at an all-time receiver. Like, what do you see when you watch old tape of him? Like, what made him Dominance. so unique? Dominance. Uh, I mean, just that, that three-catch, 100-something-yard, three-touchdown game. I mean, just that alone is just so crazy how athletic, how uh, how able he is to just go down the field, go up and get the ball and, and, and score. Uh, I mean, he's been doing that his whole career. Uh, I always watched him as a, as a kid uh, growing up and, uh, now just being in Minnesota, carrying on his legacy, you know, breaking his records and stuff is it's honestly crazy. It's, a, it's really a dream. Justin Jefferson is joining us. So I mentioned to you when you sat down that I had a chance to talk to, you know, arguably three of the best receivers in the NFL. Debo was on yesterday. CeeDee Lamb came before you. And so you're mentioned in the top three in the league. But let's be honest. I mean, shoot me straight. Do you see two guys who are better than you? Do you see any receivers who are better than you right now? I honestly don't. Um, I mean, just my ability to my ability on the field, uh, my ability to run routes, catch the ball, uh, make something happen. Uh, I honestly don't feel like you know two players are really you know better than me. Uh, I mean, they might have more experience than me. Might might have more. Uh, might have a you know a different situation than me. Uh, but you know, I don't. I don't have that as you know, a complaint or uh, an excuse. I'm just going to keep balling, keep doing what I got to do. Uh, and whenever I step on that field, you know, they're getting the best out of me. Yeah, there's something to that. I know you're not going to use that, but situation is everything in this league. For I mean, sure. You, you, don't, you don't always have a say over your situation. You 100%. need to be in the right situation. 100%. So I'm curious, I had Alexander Madison on the program yesterday. We were talking about the coaching change with the team. When they announced the firing of Mike Zimmer, what was your reaction, and do you feel like that was the right move, something that had to be done? Uh, I mean, it it wasn't unexpected. Uh, I mean, just having those two two years of not reaching to the playoffs, uh, it was something that you know we expected to happen. Uh, I mean, just knowing how the league works, uh, knowing how you know cutthroat it is, uh, you know, it's it's a business at the end of the day. So if you're not winning, if you're not getting to the playoffs, making some big, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, and we was we was happy to this to get the news that we had the new coach and the new GM. Uh, you know, we just ready to get back into that building and make something shake again. Justin Jefferson joining us. It is cutthroat. It is a business. I'm going to ask you about that new coach in a minute, but you had a great tweet. You had a great tweet during the playoffs. You said, I really don't get it. How is Cooper Cup always <laughs> wide open? Dude, I've asked that same question so many times. You would know better because you play the position. How does that dude get open like that so often? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out once the coach gets to our building. Uh, I mean, just, just seeing the amount of plays that he have. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a phenomenal player. He's great at route running, great at catching the ball, uh, great at making something happen after the catch. So, I mean, he's just in the right, perfect system. Uh, and I'm, that's why I'm so excited to have uh, 
uh, coach on our team. Uh, I'm excited to watch this game to see what he have uh, in store. And uh, I can't wait till he come in our building. Dude, I'm shaking my head because Madison said the exact same thing. He <laughs> said, I'm going to be watching that game, and I want to see that offense because he knows that Kevin O'Connell is going to yeah. come in the building. Yeah. So how much are you looking forward to playing in a system where guys get that wide open? I'm I'm ready for it. I'm honestly ready for it. I've been I've been watching the Rams uh, offense this whole season. You know, watching how Cooper Cup has been having a phenomenal year. Uh, I was watching Robert Woods before he got hurt. Odell has been doing a a phenomenal job ever since he got there. So I, I've definitely been keeping tabs. You know, I, I've been watching their schemes and been watching their offense. So. Uh, I think he's going to come in with some some good stuff. Oh, dude, I can't wait to see what you do in that <laughs> system, and I know you can't wait to play in that system. You mentioned Odell. Obviously, you got all these LSU contacts that are in this game, but you've been linked to Odell for a long time, both because you went to LSU and because of the fact that you were breaking his records. Yeah. What do you think when you see him playing at the level he is right now and getting a shot at everything I love on Sunday? It. I love it. I love it. I felt like he he deserved it this whole this whole time. Just him being the type of player he is, him wanting it as much as he is, and a lot of people. Don't don't understand that you know a lot of people just see the the reaction see the emotions on the sideline and you know they make judgment but they don't understand how much you know emotion that we actually put into the game how much love that we we play with and uh, I mean a lot of people don't understand that a lot of people won't get that but I get it you know I understand that just knowing knowing who he is knowing what type of player he is what type of football player he is I, I feel the same way you know just uh, just seeing Seeing this, seeing him reach it to this stage, it's it's a God blessing. And, you uh, know how hard it is and yeah. what it must mean to him yeah. and what he's been through. CD was great on this. I said, man, one of my favorite moments was you waving goodbye to a DB. <laughs> but did you get fined? And he said, yeah. I said, do you have a problem with that? Because I do. And he said what you just said, that, listen, the game, it's a game of emotion. Yeah. It is really yeah. hard to make plays. It is really hard to score. Yeah. And this is just the real the way we express ourselves and our reaction, right? Right, right. And I, I, I honestly, I honestly hate the the taunting. So do I. I. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, just showing the emotion, especially after a touchdown, after a play. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's what people want to see. You know, people want to see that feistness, that that little that little attitude. Hell yes, we do. Dude. <laughs> dude, what, we don't legislate the emotion on the game. Look, I don't want to beat this drum, but when owners say like, "Oh, they don't want to see that," by the way, that's exactly what we yeah. want to see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the t the trash talking. I loved the the wave goodbyes. I loved the peace sign when we're going into the end zone. There's, what's better than that peace sign? Tyreek putting that up. Like you know, because you know, look, you guys are athletes. There's a fine line, right? You're not looking to show yeah. anybody up. Yeah. You're having fun, yeah. man. You're expressing right. yourself. Right. It would be different if we was, you know, being more physical. You know, just. If you're standing over a dude, right. if you're standing over that's a dude, different. That's, that's different. different. That's different. But you know, just waving goodbye or you know, doing a little, you know, signal or whatever. I think that's that's a little different. So awesome. They shouldn't have, they shouldn't have put that in there. No, they should not. So really quickly, like the guys you know well from LSU, also Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Man, what do you remember the first time you met Joe? Did you know immediately, like, dude, this cat's different? I mean, no? I, I, the first the first day in summer, uh, my sophomore year, uh, he came into. Uh, summer workouts. I mean, he already had that confidence. He already had that, he already had that swag uh, to him. Uh, so, I mean, ever since then, we, we worked on our connection more and more and more. Um, then once we got to that, that junior season, Joe Brady came in with that new offense. Uh, we was full of talent. I mean, nobody could stop us. We, we was dominant from, from now on Truth. out. Truth. 
Yeah. Truth. So listen, when I walk into Radio Row every single day, one of the first things I see is that sleep number setup. It's yeah. sweet, dude. It's beautiful, sweet. It's it? a beautiful. It is big. beautiful, actually. It's big. It's bright. It's beautiful. <laughs> what are you doing with those folks? Oh man, I'm I'm doing the whole nine. I mean, Sleep Number has been doing a, a great job with just uh, recovering me, uh, just getting the right amount of sleep, and just it, it's been doing great on my performance. Uh, it's definitely can tell uh, just with my my last year. Uh, but I mean, they've been they've been doing me justice, and they've been giving me a, a five thousand dollar donation to my Northside Achievement Zone in Minneapolis. So yeah. That's it's, great. That's a great yeah, cause. That's it. a good thing. I love really it. quickly, like it's it's one thing to be associated with the product, but sleep, man, we're learning more and more about sleep. You need how your sleep, man. Especially we all do, but especially for you and what you do, how important is it for recovery? It's very important for recovery. Uh I mean I, I kinda just now real I mean, I didn't Oh, everybody knows you need sleep, but I mean, just just knowing how much sleep you really need, especially when I got to the league, um, you know, my first year in, Adam, Dalvin, uh, those different guys just telling me the different things that I need for recovery, and sleep was definitely one of those things. So, Justin Jefferson yeah. joining us. Those are good vets to have around, too, and then I know, sure enough, you will be passing that same knowledge along. For sure. Oh, man, really good to have you on the show. That's great energy. You made me look good. You made the hey. program better. I appreciate you. <laughs> anytime, good anytime. Good to see you. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. I love this product. I use it. Now, let me ask you this. Does this sound familiar? You've got the one device that allows you to catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite programs, you watch sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, log in for all the good stuff. Listen, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without all that hassle. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Josh Allen is in the house. My man, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Great to sit down with you. What's up? How you doing? How's your week going? It's been good. Uh, it's just starting today. You know, got in last night. I'm still trying to decompress from that game and uh, trying to move on, but it's going to be tough to watch this one on Sunday. Okay, so you got right to it. I was yeah. going to kind of set that up a little bit, but I appreciate you getting there. I mean, another amazing season, an amazing game, and a gut-wrenching loss. How do you go about processing that? I mean, you got no choice but to move on, learn from it. Uh, there's some things that we can we can do better on the offensive side of the ball uh, earlier in that game uh, to put us in a better situation. But again, we'll learn from it. Uh, we got a young team, and we'll remember that one and uh, use that to our benefit. You know, time is interesting, right? Do you think in time, obviously not today, but in time, do you think you'll ever look back on that game and say, "Man, that was it was special." Or is it always going to be, you know, man, there's pain involved. We lost that game. I will never look at that as a special, amazing day because we didn't win. Correct. Yeah. And everyone's come up to me. It's the greatest game I've ever seen. The greatest. I'm like, we lost the game, guys. Like, it is what it is. Um, you know, I'm in the business of winning football games, and that's, that's all I care about. So um, all the stats, all the accolades, all the this, that, it's hearsay and goes in one ear out the other. And, uh, you know, if we won the game, I, I'd appreciate that. But uh, we didn't win. So. Allen joining us, let me ask you about this. Gabriel Davis came on the program a couple of days after. What did he show you in that game in terms of the way he stepped up time and time again and in the clutch? I mean, he just showed me what I was, I've seen all year. You know, he's a second-year guy, but 
you wouldn't know that from how he talks, how he communicates, how he plays. Um, you know, you saw that game is just kind of his his breakout to the scene game. And I think, you know, if you would have saw him throughout the, the season, you know, we brought in Emmanuel Sanders, we've got Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. You know, this is a guy that was starving for opportunity, coming up to me like, I, I just want an opportunity. And I'm like, be patient, be patient. And he did. He worked his butt off. He got his opportunity. He made the best of it. Talking to Josh Allen, Bill's quarterback. Josh, I talked to so many guys, I mean, dozens of guys this week, and I've done this for 30 years, and I'm always fascinated by guys and their journeys and where they came from and what they had to overcome. I think a lot of people know you're from Firebaugh, California, about four hours north of where we are right now. What's it mean to you to be from Firebaugh and to represent on the big stage? Yeah, I, I take a lot of pride in it, you know. Um, I've got a lot of support there, obviously. Uh, no no offers out of high school, went to junior college. You know, the Central Valley, they're, they're behind me. So to have that support, uh, to be from a small town called Fireball and to give, you know, the kids there hope. You know, we've been told so many times that we can't do it coming out of Fireball. So to, to be able to be the first guy to, to, to really do that, um, I take a lot, of, a lot of pride and a lot of honor in it. And um, I love my Eagle family down there and, and my Fireball family. And uh, it seems like anywhere I go down there, it's just uh, you can't go anywhere without recognizing somebody because it's such a small, tight-knit family feel. I love going down there and getting to talk to people. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm really struck by. The fact is you've got that family, the Fireball family, but then you've got your family, your immediate family, your parents. Listen, they, they wanted to put you in a position where you could succeed. Your dad could have said, you know what, we could step out. We could go to Fresno. We can go someplace else. But that was never the message, right? Your dad was like, we can, you can accomplish anything where you want, you want right where you are. And, in fact, this is the way we're going to do it, and you'll be better for it, right? Absolutely. My dad, uh, he's got a lot of quotes that he lives by. And you bloom where you're planted is one of them. That's something he constantly told us as kids and, and me and my three other siblings, um, you know, We've got a lot of history in that town. We're, we're small ranchers down there. My grandfather helped donate some land for the high school in Fireball. So I felt like I needed to be there. And, yeah, we, we probably could have transferred out and gone to a Fresno school and gotten some bigger publicity, if you will. Um, but, you know, I, I'll take it the way I did it any You wouldn't change week. anything, no. right? This is the journey. This is why, in large part, why you're here is part of that journey. You said that when you were at Wyoming, quote, I was trying to show every college they made a mistake by not recruiting me. I played pissed off. I had a lot of success doing that. Hey, man, I love it. I, whatever fuel you're running on, my question now is, obviously, you've proven everybody wrong, and those who believed in you, you've proven them right. Do you still play pissed off, or is your motivation different now? Motivation is slightly different. I still have that chip on my shoulder. Um, Absolutely, but in terms of playing pissed off, I mean, I, I, I play with so much fun, so much energy. I just, I love the game I get to play, and I get to do it for a living. So uh, it's the best job in the world. Um, I, I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather do. Maybe golf. Uh, I love I love golfing, but football is the do absolute. Like it as much, do you like it as much as football? No, it, it's it's close, but football is the absolute number one for me. It's always been since I was a little kid growing how, up. How good a stick do you have, dude? It, it's, no, I'm I, I'm struggling right now. I played in the, the AT&T Pro-Am. Um, you know, I've got some stuff to work on. I'm working on with a guy named Wade Wilson. Call him Deadpool down in uh, El Nigel Country Club. So I need some work, Wade. Uh, I know you're going to get me right, but uh, in the meantime, I'm going stick to stick to my day job, and that's throwing the pigskin. <laughs> Talking to Josh Allen, you know, I've talked with a number of your teammates. I talked to Brandon Bean about this as well. Hey. I mean, guys, the guys in your locker room, they love you, man. They absolutely love you, and you connect with everybody. How do you go about developing those relationships and the culture in the team? I think in large part it's how I was raised, where I was raised, uh, being able to 
um, understand people uh, on a personal level. And, you know, in, a, in an NFL locker room, there's different guys from different cultures, ethnicities. We got guys from different countries, you know. So being able just to talk and communicate and show, show them that I care, not just about their them as football players, but as people. Um, and, again, when I'm on the football field, I'm, I'm putting my body on the line, showing them I'll do anything to win a football game. Clearly, listen, I don't know that there's a better match between a player and a fan base. Like, being the quarterback in Buffalo is not an easy thing. Jim Kelly and I have talked about this so many times over the years. you got to be a special guy with a special toughness to play in a town like that and represent those fans. What would it mean to you to bring the mafia, the Lombardi? I think it, it would mean everything in terms of why I played this game. Um, to, to be the best at something, obviously, it takes a whole lot of preparation, a lot of skill, a lot of guys coming together to accomplish one single goal. But given, you know, Bills Mafia's history and the history of the Buffalo Bills, the, the things that that city's had to endure, the 17-year drought, we know about the stuff before that that I won't even mention. Um, but to give them that Super Bowl, I mean, I, I have vivid dreams of the parade and what it would be like. And um, it's, it's so something I want to happen so badly that I won't stop until we do it. So uh, we're working on it. No doubt you're working with USAA and the VFW to award a military vet a trip to the Super Bowl. It's a great, great cause. Can you break that down for me? How did you get involved in this project? And then how much are you looking forward to catching up with Staff Sergeant Corey Geisler this weekend? Yeah, so my, my grandfather uh, was in the Marines way back uh, during the Korean War. He never got deployed, uh, but served for about four years. Um, he passed away a few years ago, uh, but again, to have that family tie into that and then got asked to be a part of the USAA and VFW to give, like, like you said, Staff Sergeant Corey Geisler an opportunity to, for him and his wife to come down and give them a trip of a lifetime to go to the Super Bowl in L.A., um, get to meet him on Saturday as well, some other military guests. I'm super happy for it. I, I, I respect and appreciate all of our military veterans for, you know, serving, you know, abroad and overseas in protecting our freedoms and our rights. And um, it's something that I, I, I'm super honored and proud to be a part of. And so much respect for our service people because there's no way that any of us can do what we do, what you do, what I do, what any of us do without our service people doing that. So how do you approach Sunday? Like, are you a fan or is that just still too personal and too painful and you're not going to watch that game? I'd like to say the second answer, but I love football so much. I'm a fan. Um, I want to see a good game. I got personal interests. I, I know Joe from when he was coming out from the draft. He trained with Jordan Palmer down here in Orange County. Got to meet Matt Stafford a couple of years ago, and I've been such a big fan of Matt since he's been in the league. And you know, not, it doesn't get talked about enough how good of a talent he is. You know, I think all-time top five arm talent, and. For him to endure what he endured early on in his career and now to be in a situation where he can win a Super Bowl, um, I'm super excited for him and happy for him and his family. His wife is our receiver coach's sister, right. Chad Hall's sister. So there are some family ties there. Um, so, I, again, I just want to see a, a great game. And um, I got no dogs in this fight other than I just uh, – I'm happy for both guys. Hey, listen, Stafford, those who know know his arm talent's crazy. Always has been from college. I mean, this guy can really, really sling it. Really quickly, I'm glad you mentioned Jordan Palmer. I love the guy. I'm a huge, huge Jordan Palmer fan. He works not far from where I live. How much has he meant to you in terms of mechanics, footwork, and the improvement you've shown? I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can describe it in words, giving me the tools necessary to find out 
how to become the best quarterback I can become. Um, and we're still working on it. But again, giving me the tools to map my mechanics digitally and understand why things are happening. Uh, he's been a big, big brother to me, a mentor to me uh, throughout the league. Not just football, but life. You know, we, we can talk about anything and everything. And um, I appreciate him so deeply. And uh, I'm so happy I made that decision coming out to the, coming out for the draft to go with him and got the chance to hang out with Sam Darnold and Kyle Allen. We all kind of live now within 10 minutes of each other down in Orange County and still hang out all the time. So it's a cool little community that we've gathered, you know, from training with Jordan. Dude, you didn't just say you live in Orange County. I do. Yeah. You live there now. Laguna Niguel, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. I'm in Irvine. Okay. Yeah. Right, so why, right why down don't the you street. Pull, so we got to go to Javier's. Okay. Yeah. Have, have, love you Javier's. Been, have you been to Javier's? Oh, yeah. I've so been you a know. few times. All right. Yeah. So really quickly, so they know, because all I do is talk about Javier and my guy Javier. It does this live up to the hype. Is that not the best place? It. it I don't know Wait. about the best place, but it's up there. Uh-huh. Have you tried south of Nick's? I have not. Okay, that's it's. There's one in Laguna, and then there's one in San Clemente. Oh yeah, no, okay, yes, okay. yes, I have. In Laguna, I, I have. I, I love Javier's, but I think I might take take South the Knicks over it. I might be crazy. Though. Respectfully, dude, you'd be wrong, but you get you. You are entitled to your choice, no matter how wrong it is, dude. Like, I, there's some things I'm gonna go to battle for. Javier is it, but but I appreciate it. I'll let you win this one. Well, thank you very much, yeah. man. Good looking out. So, do you like the OC? How's it? I love out? it. I love it. And again, you got all the food you you can want. Different types, different cultured food. Like it's awesome. The golf's great. The weather's great. Um, where are you? Where are you playing? What track? I'm in El Miguel. Okay. So I'm I'm on. I'm, I'm near the course. How you like this? I was a member at Shady Canyon for 20 years and didn't play one round. Really? Pretty smart, huh? I haven't played up there yet. I need uh, to get out I, there. I could yeah. probably get you on because okay. they, they love me. I'm the best member ever. I don't play. Just take my money. <laughs> All right, Josh. Dude, really, really good to see you, man. Thank you very much. Have a great week, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Josh Allen, Bill's Mafia right here. Micah Parsons. My man, that is a hell of a resume, and I even actually cut it short because you and I actually have to have a conversation at some point. What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. How are you? That was a hell of an intro, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, not only that, I cut it short. I had more. I had more, man. How you living? Good? Man, I'm living. Blessed. I'm living. Grateful, man. You know what? I like that. Guys sometimes say that. Gratitude, gratitude. You mean that, though, right? You like you understand what's in front of you and what you have. I full-heartedly believe in that, man. I live, you know, that's what Micah 6-8 means. Walk justly and live humbly with God. Lay that out for me. What, what do you mean? I mean, yeah, I know you said it, but walk humbly and live with God. Like, you, you're a young person who figured this out. Like, mm-hmm. what, how important is humility and to understand everything that you have around you and appreciate it. It's, it's so important because sometimes we often we don't embrace the moment, what we have and what we have in front of us, and we take it for granted and don't realize until it's already gone. And then also, you know, I always say walk humbly because it allows you to appreciate and allows you to understand what you have, and then it also allows you to be hungry for more because if you already have that mindset, I've made it, I'm here already, but you're not really here, you're going to miss the opportunity that you have. See, you made that one opportunity, but see, in life, there's a chance of opportunity every day, and it's up to us to take it. So if you walk in humbly, you got to understand you got so many. There's hundreds of opportunities a day. Like, look at this opportunity. I'm here with you, man. Like, I, I'm so grateful to be on this show. Like, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm meeting so many different people. This, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. This is such a good mindset, man. This is such a good mindset because I've done this. I was telling the listeners, Mike, I've done this 30 years, all right? So I've seen every kind walk through here. And there's certain dudes that walk through here that are like, man, I don't want to be here. 
I don't want to be here. Somebody told me to come or I'm going to get a paycheck. But for you to say this is an opportunity, I want to take advantage of every single opportunity all day, every day, right? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. I'm here with Pizza Hut, but shoot, I might get a job with CBS one day. <laughs> it, it's, it's, about, it's about the it's Big about dog, the you, are you coming things, from my mic, man? I don't want your mic, but, you know, 30 years down the line rip when I'm old out, and Rip can't it out of my anymore, cool dead hands, my man. I might be old and can't move, and I might be your co-host, man. I'll be a pleasure. <laughs> Dude, I'll be in the ground by then. You got a lot of football ahead of you, but I appreciate that. Uh, man, I, appreciate I appreciate that. that. All right, so you were in Vegas last week for the Pro Bowl, and while you were there, dude you won the fastest man competition you beat Tyreek Hill you beat Nick Chubb you beat Trayvon Diggs those are some fast dudes now some fast dudes and as you said Nick challenged you how did you let them know I mean humility is something we're talking about did you let them know what happened after it happened yes I did let them know I told the people that Tyreek Hill wasn't maybe at full speed but that was nice of him I was going full speed. Nick right. Chubb challenged me because I beat him in Madden the day before, and he wanted the smoke. So I said, you know what, Nick? And he was warming up. He's like, yo, you better warm up. I'm going hard. I saw Nick strip down to a short and light T-shirt. And then you knew. And zipped his cleats up. He was like, I'm coming. I said, bet. I said, I know I'm coming. So I said, I'm taking my shirt off. I'm taking my hoodie off. And it was just a duel between me and Nick, and I was ready for it. How'd that feel, man? Oh, I felt awesome to beat Nick Chubb. About, I, that's the person I wanted to beat. I'm, Trey, uh, I'm faster than Trey. You already knew that. Yeah. What about Tyreek, though? You, I mean, he didn't show up like Tyreek shows up. Are you disappointed in that? Like, uh, does your best beat his best? I would not say that on national television because then I'll be a liar. I don't, I'm not going to be known as a liar. Respect, dude. But as of right now, if you see in that picture, I'm the fastest man. I'm going to let that picture speak. Scoreboard, man. It yeah. does not lie. It says it. You know what I'm saying? That's what the picture says. Now, I won't claim it, but I'm going to say, you know, they always say a picture means a, th- a hundred different words, thousand words, however you want to put it. That picture says a million words to me, dude. I think a, maybe a hundred million. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to lie on national TV. So, dude, what about Nick Chubb? Like, man, I love Nick. I love Nick. I know you respect Nick. Did he? How did he take that defeat? Yo, Nick actually tried to stiff arm me in the Pro Bowl for doing that. <laughs> I said, I said, Nick, my, my son is in the stands, Nick. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the best. I, I, I said, Nick, are you serious? You want my, my son to disown me? Like, you want to stiff arm me in front of all these people? In my like, family. In front of yeah. my family. Every, he was like, bro, all my people telling me I, I lost on national television. I had to get you back. I was like, oh, I thought we was boys, oh, dude, bro. Dude, that is so good. That is so strong. Wait, and, and again, I love Nick. And, I, and I'm not... No way would I disrespect Nick, but is he getting you back in a Pro Bowl? That's not getting you back. It's the Pro Bowl, dude. Yeah, he cheap shot, right? Right. And Nick's my boss. Isn't, there, isn't there an understanding in the Pro Bowl that we don't do that? <laughs> well, I don't know. What dude, was he, was he, yo, he, he was pissed. Yo, he was Because he was hearing it. His boys were in his head, right? <laughs> they was. It's absolutely incredible. All right, so like, okay, so what about that? You win that race. Is that going to help your ninety? Is that going to get you the ninety-five speed rating in Madden you're looking for? Yo, Madden actually had me at a 93 speed, and they dropped me two ratings. And I actually had to hit Madden. I said, bro, did my speed level change? Is there something you're seeing that I'm not seeing? Like, what is going on? Why am I losing speed? Right. But I think it's because they got me as, like, some outside linebacker. I might be a cheat code in the game, and they don't want to do that. But I definitely need my speed rating back to at least a 93, 94. Okay, dude, Micah Parsons, my guest. This is so fun. Listen, by the way, outside linebacker, I mean, what are you really? You lined up nearly 500 times at linebacker, nearly 400 times at DN. The versatility is so dangerous. For instance, how different are those two spots 
And do you have a preference? See, they're different because when you're at edge, you're reacting to a man. And then when you're at linebacker, you're reacting to everything that's in front of you. So you're reacting to the, the uh, running backs moving. You're reacting to the linemen. There's so many more reads. But at the end, you're only playing the tackle. Right. So you'd rather be there? No. I'd no? rather just play football. Right. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see yourself as a football player, not a guy with a position, right? Yeah, I'm a football player. Uh-huh. So, like, that's interesting because I had Debo Samuel on yesterday, and we were talking about him. Like, he's similar in that regard, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't put him in a box. He, like, what do you think of his game? He is the uh, Micah Parsons of offense. Right. You could call me the Debo Samuel of defense. That's it. It doesn't matter where you play. They're going to be as dominant as they can be because that is a baller right there. Yeah, because I was going to say, people are looking for the next Debo. Now, if he's the defensive version of you and you're the offensive version of him, I mean, is there such a thing as the next Debo and the next Micah, or are you guys kind of like one of one? I think we're one of one, and I think, you know, uh, I think you could potentially say other people could do it, but I like to see them do it at the same level. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So what's it like to play in Dallas? I had CeeDee Lamb on. We talked about it's a different deal, yo. Different mm-hmm. deal with that helmet on or the star on the side of the helmet. What's that been like for you? Bro, I love repping the star. You know, I wanted to be in Dallas. I knew what that moment would be. I wanted that moment. Why? I would say because that's where they said stars are made. You wanted the big stage. I wanted the big stage. Right. I, I wanted to prove everything wrong, everyone wrong. All right. Okay. You, you were not looking to prove people right. You were looking to prove people wrong. Yeah. Who? Everyone, all the naysayers, all who the, said what? It was all the pre-dress stuff, saying like I couldn't handle, you know, things like that. Maybe the off-the-field things and things like that. But I wanted to show like everybody, like you know, I could be a great person, great player. It doesn't matter. Like you know, it's not fair to have a pre-judge before people actually know you. Right? What do you make of that? Like you can't control what others say and what others do, but they don't know you. Like here's one thing I've always known about this business: we don't know you, dude. We don't know any of you. We can't go by what we see on social. We can't go by what we see in one interview. You and I could chop it up here a number of times and start to get a better feel for each other. But pre-draft, people don't know. Yeah, and people often... Does that bother you? It extremely bothers me, and it bothers other people they do it to because I feel like it's people's lives, man. You're creating a narrative. You're creating this idea of someone that you have no idea about. Right. Now, if you do it to them, then they're like, man, how is that fair? But I don't think people give that quality to everyone that they deserve. See, that narrative you're talking about, I hate to say this, but you know this, labels, right, right or wrong, man, they stick. stick. They stick. And they're hard to get them unstuck no matter what you do, right? They no stick. No matter what you do, they stick because people just create that idea and they run with it because it's news. Uh-huh. Exactly. It is news. So he, he also said something. You've said this. It's weird about the Cowboys. Like, people actively want you to lose. Like, they're not focused on their team winning. It almost means as much to them if you lose as if their team wins. Yeah. Am I overstating that, or is that accurate? That's extremely accurate. It's what do you sick. make of that? It's sick. These people are sick. Not These Cowboys haters are sick. Right. You know what we, I'm we, we, okay, look, haters going to hate. We know this. Everybody's going to, not everybody, but people will hate. Why do you think they hate the Cowboys, though? They're jealous. They're, they're envy that their team has, you know, regardless of what happened, we're still a top organization and people hate it. They hate it. They want their team to be the Cowboys so bad. Uh huh. So, how, what do you think it's going to be like if you guys, like this year, you came up short? This seemed like this was the year, right? It seemed mm-hmm. like it was all put together. 
Did you get that out of your system yet, or is that kind of still sticking with you? That it's last out of loss. My system. It is. No, last did, year can't matter no more. Matters about this year. Uh huh. How'd you process that? Like it's done. You just moved on. It's done. I gr- I grieve. I I think about it. I look at it. See where we made the mistakes, but. I got to get ready for this year because last year's not going to matter in the next playoffs. All right, let me ask you this. In everything you've already accomplished, you are in the running for Defensive Player of the Year at tonight's NFL Honors. What would it mean to add that hardware to your trophy cabinet? Uh, it would mean everything to me, you know. Uh, I'm super excited about it, you know. But if I don't get it, it's just going to make me more hungry, man. It, you know, those are just things that you want to accomplish in your career. If I accomplish or early on, that's great. But shoot, I would still want to do it again. I like I want. Sounds to me like you're looking to eat still. Yeah, I'm ready to eat. As soon as I leave here, I'm getting right back to work. I gotta get ready for next year. Really? Yeah. Did you, did you give yourself any time off at all? You unplug? Yeah. I I took these last what three four weeks uh, after the last game. Uh, just really enjoying family time with my son. We actually went to Disneyland yesterday. And How'd that like go? That. It was awesome, bro. Like he had a time. He was looking at. How old's your boy? He's three turning four. Uh-huh. And what'd he think? Oh, man, he was having time. He's everything. That's a castle. That's this. I was like, yeah, man. Can I tell you, dude, like, I'm an L.A. native, so I grew up around here. But we took my – I took my older son to Disneyland. Such a bad experience, dude. I know it's the happiest place in the world, but he saw something that spooked him, like scared the hell out of him. I'm like, dude, this is not real. Like, that kid won't sleep for three more months. How did that happen? He ran into the wrong – I don't even know what it was, man. It was a ride or a costume or something. Mm-hmm. How wrong is that? That's super wrong, man. Yeah. And you got to deal with it, man. I'm and so, and so. I did have to deal with that, man. But we got through it, dude. That's the thing, man. You, you got to persevere. Uh, you got to overcome, man. Overcome. That's all I've been through my whole life. Yeah, man. So, like, Disneyland, it, it, it does not get better than that. He loved it, though, right? Your three-year-old. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, man. Good for you. All right, so you grew up on Pizza Hut. You oh. grew up on the Hut. You were a fan of the pepperoni lovers with extra sauce. I got to ask, how are you feeling about the new spicy lovers pizza? Man, I feel so strongly about it that, you know, I'm willing to bring it to anywhere I go. I'm actually giving out 100 pizzas. That's how confident I am. Come on. Yeah. How? Where? I'm giving. I'm gonna walk to LA, the streets of LA. You're gonna have a busy day coming off of maybe a lunch break. You're gonna see Michael Parsons delivering you a pizza. Where? When? Or is it a surprise? It's a surprise. It's gonna be so random. It's gonna be so random. But you're just gonna see a big food truck of pizza and me just giving it out. And it's just so good, so flavorful. It has everything that I like, and then I love spicy food. So right. Now they added the spicy. It's a game changer. It's a one of one. This is incredible. He is appearing courtesy of Pizza Hut and the new Spicy Lover's Pizza. A big night tonight, an unbelievable season. My man, Micah. Yeah. We got one more thing. What you got? So I have a spicy challenge of my own. Talk to me. So we take the pizza, we add extra spices. Right. Extra flakes, all of that stuff. And if you complete the spicy challenge, I basically owe you a gift card. Really? Yeah, for you to have your own pizza well i don't know how much the gift card is going to be yet but you might get a pizza all right dude i'm I'm going to counter that offer with how about you just give me a gift card just because and it's a thousand bucks uh i don't think we can you know do that one (laughs) you don't like Uh, that that wasn't in the contract uh i didn't sign anything what contract dude it was a verbal contract. That's right. It says here right there, man. Thousand bucks to Rome. He doesn't have to do jack to get it. <laughs> a verbal contract. We're gonna have to give you triple the spices now. Yeah. Or triple the dough to Is go that, along with will it. Will you do the spicy challenge on TV? Hey, let me tell you something. You know what I once did on TV? Remember the uh, hot pepper challenge? Yeah. Okay, dude. One of my producers, good looking out, brought me a habanero. Ooh. Never had a habanero, dude. Did not know what that was about. On live TV, I smashed that thing. 
dude, I was hallucinating. Bro, I, yeah, that, man. I did that in high school. Yeah, right. And how'd that go? Oh, my God. I was like, crying. I was throwing up. Thank you. Uh, it was bad. Thank you. And you're Michael Parsons, all right? Yeah, that you, habanero, it, it gets the best. So you're problem. asking me, hey, man, you want to do this right now? You want to do this challenge right now? I right don't know. now. Hey, I don't know, man. Like, maybe? Please? What are we talking about? One slice? One slice. Bring it. Bring the pizza. I already know this. The peppers, the, the flakes, the flakes. It has to go live. Hey, yo, my- are you doing one with me? No, that's not how it works. Because I do live and I judge you. I'm the judge. Oh, you're the judge. Yeah. You're, you're not the boss of me, bro. I'm the judge. Like, I judge if you complete it. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's, oh, okay, let's see what we got here. You want a small one or you want a big one? I mean, look, this one looks Go small, nice. dude, man. I'm leaning out. I'm trying to uh, okay. do the right thing. Okay, I got you. Don't now, you're telling me I got a gift card that comes. Yeah. Yo, yo, easy, Tiger. This is the spicy challenge, not the sissy challenge. This is... Th- yeah, something like that. See how this goes. Yeah. Wait, I, I need to see the gift card. Dude, are you done with that? Why don't you just dump that whole bottle on that? I'm having a little don't bit of uh, pizza with my spice. Okay. What, is, is there a gift card before I put that thing in my mouth? There, There is a gift card. Yeah, see, I, I need to see the gift card before I eat the slice. You don't got to see the gift card. We're, it's too late. No, no, we, how much time we have left? We have to well, We're already five pizza. minutes over. I'm not doing it until I see the money on the table. Can we get a gift card on the table? I need to see the money on the table before I do this. Hold on. I got something better. How how big of a chump would I be if I tried to put that down without seeing the money on the table? $20 right now. That ain't ain't enough, dude. (laughs) That ain't enough. How about you put that watch on the table? (laughs) Come on, man. What are we talking about here? Yo, can we just eat the pizza? This is for you, bro. Send it, dude. This is the greatest pitch ever. This is for you, bro. You dropped a whole pepper. You need a new one. Micah, slow down, bro. <laughs> Salty, kind of hot. Yeah, I don't know that I need to finish that, actually. Oh, he don't even get the money. Yeah, but I got a show to do, man. I, I got my dignity, though. I got my pride. <laughs> you can't put a, pri- a price on my pride and dignity. Hold up, man. Oh. 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 Not bad. Not bad. You got a napkin? Oh, uh, can we get a napkin too? Getting grease on my good clothing, dude. Come on, man. Bro, I'm so happy for you right now. Why? Because you're completing. This is like, you're like the third person ever to do this. So you're one of three people in the world who's done this. He's actually done that. Who are the other two? Uh, My guy from over there, and one of them is Josh Allen. Really? Yeah. How do you so get- you can put your names up with Josh Allen. Uh-huh. Like on one of the best people to ever complete it. And you're about to complete it and take home a gift card. Or cash $20. You know what, though? It's getting worse as I go. Or it's getting hotter. You know what, though? Don't be looking at me like that. I know you're starting to sweat a little bit. I am sweating a little bit. You're starting to sweat a little bit. Dude, you dumped a half a bottle of red hot peppers. Of course <laughs> I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I, I would have done more, like but. Been, hey, I man, you played, th- you played 90 snaps. You're starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I may finish that during the break, or I might not. Well, I, I have to say you yeah. have two peppers left. So give me 10 bucks, man. We'll call it even. All right, we'll split it up once I get some change. All right, you got it. How'd that go for you? Um, I thought you, you competed. I, 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 you know, you stuck in that, longer. That's, that's big of you to say, man. Thank you you, you stuck in longer after that first bite, which I was surprised. But, right? you know, it was a good run. I got more heart than you think, bro. Oh, sh- He's still dropping peppers. I want you all to know this. I'm eating on the air, man. 
Thank Th you. This is a limited edition thing right thank, now. Thank you, man. I have another. We got to get out, dude. <laughs> you are the only guy that I've ever eaten food on the air live for. Wow, so I'm one of one. Can we get my man a napkin, please? Yes, please. Before we leave? A napkin would be great. I'm so happy oh, for you. Please. Are you happy for me? I'm so happy for you. All right, man. I'm not, I'm not as happy for me, but you know what? Just goes to show, man, I got heart. Man, yeah. that's, that's heart. You overcame right. early adversity. I persevered. You persevered. I have, I have humility. Everything I ran into my next segment. I busted the clock up. Everything you I got grease said. on my shirt. I got grease on my face. But I got your respect, though. I got your respect, though, dude, right? hundred Can I hear it? Can I hear it? I got your... He, he has my respect. What? My man, why don't you get your ass out of that chair and stand up and give me some love and respect? That's what I'm saying. Give it up for him. Micah Parsons. <laughs> All right, dude. I appreciate you, man. Thank oh, you very man, much. Of course, man. Thank fun. you for coming to the Spicy Pizza Hut Challenge. Yeah, I felt good, man. I felt good. I feel good. I feel good. I'm so happy for All you. All right. Man. I'm happy for you, too. Good to see you, man. Thank love, you very brother. much. Love and respect. Micah Parsons. That is like maybe the first time in 30 years of being on TV I've eaten on the air. And that was not a small amount of hot sauce. There you go, man. Right on. I earned that, too, dude. Eat it, hug. Y'all probably regret that. Anyway, you got to roll with it sometimes. All right there. How you like me now? <laughs> Micah Parsons. Good night now.